You're listening to the Employment Rights Online podcast, where we discuss everything employment rights and the job. Hi there. I hope you're having a positive employment rights week. Now, this week, we continue with our series looking in detail at the different types of paid and unpaid leave that you may be entitled to. And in this week's episode, we look at what you need to know about adoption leave. Now, adoption leave is pretty much like maternity leave which we looked at in last week's episode. What this means is that when you adopt a child, your employment rights give you the same entitlement and provide the same protection as if you are giving birth to your own child. So it follows that the same differences between the different types of employment statuses that we've been looking at, that's employees, IR35 workers and irregular workers, which also includes agency workers, it follows that the same arrangements are also in place for each of these different types of workers. So if you're an employee with maternity leave, then the rights you get there are the same rights that you would get if you're seeking to take adoption leave. And the same is true for IR35 workers and irregular workers. All you need to do, therefore, is to re-listen to podcast episode 32 and replace the words maternity leave with adoption leave to understand the rights that you have for each of these three different types of employment statuses. So, having established that, We want to use this week's episode to focus on the differences that exist between maternity leave and adoption leave, because there are some. Now, with adoption leave, you're entitled to take time off work to adopt a child or when you are having a child through surrogacy arrangements. And in both situations, you're entitled to 52 weeks statutory adoption leave, which is broken up firstly into 26 weeks of ordinary adoption leave, followed by the last 26 weeks to be taken as additional adoption leave. Your statutory adoption pay is set at the same levels and is applied in the same way as statutory maternity pay. And just as in maternity leave situations, you must be an employee with your company to qualify for the full employment rights when it comes to adoption leave and adoption pay. So once you qualify for adoption leave, this is where some of the differences kick in. Your adoption leave can start up to 14 days before your child is due to start living with you or alternatively on the actual date your child starts living with you, although this criteria only applies for UK adoptions. Or your leave can start when you have been matched with a child that will be placed with you and that match 
has to have been made by a UK adoption agency. Or your leave can start when the child arrives in the UK or within 28 days of your child arriving in the UK if your adoption has been arranged by an overseas adoption agency. And the final condition is that your leave can start the day your child is born or the day after if you become a parent of a child through surrogacy arrangements. When it comes to the notice period you need to give your employer before your adoption leave starts, there is also a slight difference here. And you'll remember that notice periods are really important because if you don't give the right notice, your employer can refuse to pay you your statutory adoption pay. So notice periods are really important. Now, with maternity leave, you have to give at least 15 weeks notice before the expected date of delivery of your baby. And with arrangements for adoption leave, when you're adopting through surrogacy, the notice period is the same. However, with adoption leave, the notice that you must give must happen within seven days of you being matched with your child. Within those seven days, you must inform your employer about how much leave you want because you don't have to take the whole 52 weeks. You must also tell your employer when you want your adoption leave to start. And finally, you must tell your employer the actual date or the expected date when your child will start living with you. Once you've provided your employer with this information, your employer must send you confirmation of your adoption leave start dates and end dates. And your employer has to give you this information within 28 days of you providing your information. Now, here's where we see some differences again. The rules for overseas adoptions are slightly different because you're dealing with overseas agencies from whom you will need an official notification of your approval for adoption. For overseas adoptions, once you have your notification, you must tell your employer the date of that notification and when you expect your child to arrive in the UK. And you also have to provide that information within 28 days of you receiving your notification. Now, there are occasions where you might have just begun working for your employer and then you're straight into a process of adopting a child and adopting that child from overseas. So if you haven't worked for your employer for at least 26 weeks, then you can wait until the Sunday of your 26th week to provide this information to your employer. It's good practice to note down your dates in your diary and to keep official envelopes with date stamps in case you need evidence of the dates when things are happening. But the key thing is that there are rules you must follow in terms of notifying your employer about your intention to adopt. If you want to claim statutory adoption leave, statutory adoption pay, statutory paternity leave and statutory paternity pay.
The other notification you must make to your employer is the actual date your child arrives in the UK. And you have to make sure you provide this information within 28 days of your child arriving. Whilst also remembering that you must tell your employer when you want your adoption leave to start. And make sure that you give 28 days notice of that as well. So there are all these different notice periods that you need to be aware of. Once you've notified your employer of all these things, your employer must, not may, but must treat you the same as someone going through a UK adoption by writing to you to confirm your leave start dates and end dates. And your employer has to give you that information within 28 days of you making your notifications to your employer. And you also have the same rights to change your notice periods. So if you want to make any changes, the notice periods you give your employer are the same for maternity leave, meaning it's got to be at least 28 days before that change would take place. And you have to give your employer at least eight weeks notice if you want to change your return back to work date to come back earlier. The next area of difference is the area of proof of adoption. In maternity leave cases, you're dealing with a MAT B1 form, which acts as proof of pregnancy. However, with adoption cases, whilst you don't need to provide paper proof to access your rights to adoption leave, you do need to provide paper proof to qualify for statutory adoption pay. And this is the case for both statutory adoptions and surrogacy adoptions. You can provide that proof in one document or in a series of documents, as long as when arranging your proof, your proof shows the name and address of your adoption agency and that document must also have your name on it. Your documents must also show the date your child was matched with you and you can generally provide that using the matching certificate given to you by the adoption agency. Your documents must show the expected date or the actual date that your child will come and live with you, which you can usually provide by asking your agency to give you this information in the form of a letter. And finally, if you're adopting your child from overseas, you will need a relevant UK authority official notification confirming that you are allowed to adopt your child. When it comes to the proof you need to provide for surrogacy arrangements, you don't need to provide proof to access your leave or your pay. However, you will need to provide proof if your employer asks you to. And if your employer asks you to provide that proof, then you must provide it in the form of a statutory declaration. And that can be in the form of a legal letter or an official document. But whatever you use, it must show that you intend to apply for a parental order showing your legal status as the child's parent within six months of your baby's birth. 
and your declaration must show your expectation that your order will be granted. And you can only comply with that expectation if you know there is nothing likely to happen that will prevent you from becoming your child's legal parent. And what kinds of things might come up? Any criminal convictions involving children or not having the agreement of the child's birth mother or birth father. Okay, so the next area of difference to pay attention to when dealing with overseas adoptions are the arrangements for statutory adoption pay and statutory paternity pay and paternity leave. Remember, for UK adoptions, you get the same leave as women who take maternity leave. But for adoptions that are arranged overseas, there are some additional things you have to do. The arrangements for adoption pay for the main parent who will care for the baby and paternity pay and paternity leave for the supporting parent both have an additional step that you need to complete. And this is done by providing a declaration about which parent will be the main caregiving parent and which parent will be the supporting parent. Before you can receive statutory adoption pay and your partner can receive statutory paternity pay and paternity leave, you must complete either an online form called an SC5 if you want to claim statutory paternity pay and paternity leave or an SC6 form if you're applying for statutory adoption pay and adoption leave. Now, if there's only one parent, you don't have to do either of these things because who's going to be the main parent is pretty straightforward. With two parents, however, there is a need to distinguish which parent is the main caregiver and which parent is confirming they will be applying for statutory paternity pay and statutory paternity leave as it pertains to adoption. And then the correct forms need to be completed online and those forms are then sent to HMRC. If you need to complete an SC6 form, you will find a link to that form in the show notes where you're listening to this podcast. All you need to do is just scroll down, click the See More button and then you'll see a link for the SC6 form. That link will also take you to the online SC5 form if you need to complete that form also. The final point that needs to be made is that you won't qualify for adoption leave or adoption pay if you become a special guardian or kinship carer or if you adopt a stepchild or a family member or if you adopt privately, for example, without permission from a UK authority or adoption agency. And that's it for this week. The rules can get a little bit confusing because there's a lot to remember. So if this time off episode applies to you, then my advice is to re-listen to the episode a couple of times until you get the steps clear in your mind. We've gone through a brief look at time off for employees who are adopting a child 
whether that adoption is UK based or overseas or whether the adoption is as a result of surrogacy and where there are differences between time off for adoption and time off for maternity, those have been highlighted in this episode of the podcast. Now, if you feel that you've been denied your adoption rights, the first thing you need to consider is submitting a complaint or a grievance to ask your employer to look at this issue. To help you with this, included in the podcast notes for this episode are some grievance letter templates that you can use to help you write your letter. Just scroll down to the bottom of the show notes where you're listening to this podcast and press the see more button and then you'll see the live links that will take you to those downloads. We hope you find some useful information that you can work with in this week's episode. Remember to let others know we are here by sharing our content and leaving us a review about the podcast on iTunes or indeed anywhere else where you're listening and where you can leave a review. We would really love to know what you think. For now... We'll be here next week where we will continue our podcast series on paid and unpaid time off. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.